All right, guys, welcome back to the Part-Time Hunter Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Gross. This is episode number 17. I can't believe we are uh, quickly approaching uh, in the 20s. I mean, double-digit episodes here, guys, and and doing it for all uh, all of you listeners out there. So Part-Time Hunter Podcast, no filler, no BS, no sponsors, no commercials, just a pure hunting podcast. And as promised, guys, all you guys that shot me a DM on Instagram, either on uh, the Part-Time Hunter Podcast, IG, or MojoBuck80. You guys sent me a ton of turkey pictures and stats and just encouraging words and got a little bit uh, beat up on social media, not going to lie to you, and I'm uh, going to go over that real quick and you know just share kind of the ups and downs of people that create content, even if you're a part-time hunter and you got a full-time job and this is just what you do for fun. Sometimes grown men like to comment on what other grown men do with their spare time and i think it's freaking hilarious so but first of all before we get into that before we introduce our awesome guest that's on the line chris jones i know he's raring to go but uh let's get these shout outs going so you guys sent in some turkey pictures some stats kind of where you're from so just going from the top here we had gabe from wisconsin send in a bird with a 10 inch beard seven and one eight spurs and says that he kills most of his birds with his natural voice. So natural calling a turkey, man, you must be in a in a zoo somewhere, buddy. That would be cool. That'd be cool to see that on video. So if you get a chance to take another bird this year, if you're not tagged out, call one in with your mouth and get it on video because that would be some freaking sick content. Next guy, uh, John Gross, not to be confused with my last name. He spells it G-R-O-S-S, which I have some baseball trophies misspelled like that. But uh, he says uh, he really he really enjoys the podcast for motivation. Uh, his wife shot a bird in Florida and Texas, and is looking and hopeful to finish her slam out this season. So to uh, Miss Gross out there, the other Miss Gross, uh, huge shout out from the show. Hope you have a great, successful, uh, safe rest of your spring season, and maybe you'll bag those other two birds. So we wish you luck from here. And uh, Corey Williams listens to the show to stay fired up on those mornings that he wants to sleep in. He's actually on his uh, sixth bird he shot this morning, and he was nice enough to tag the show in his IG story. So, Corey, shout out, dude. Hey, maybe save us some freaking birds for the rest of us. If you're on number six, maybe retire it for this year. No, I'm just kidding. Giving you shit, dude. Congrats, man. What a great season, and uh, thanks for tagging the show in your IG story. Chris Franken from Iowa, 10-and-a-half-inch beard, 27-pound bird. He said, we've grown big up here in the Corn State. So, uh, yeah, that's a big-ass freaking bird, dude. I, I think my bird I shot earlier this week was maybe, gosh, 23, 24, but definitely nowhere near 27. So that's a big-ass turkey. Uh, inch and an eighth spurs. Man, that's a good bird, Chris. Thanks for, uh, thanks for shooting us a message, buddy. Uh, Luke Beard, he's out of French Camp, Mississippi. I actually ran into his cousin on a piece of public when I was out in Nebraska, Logan Jones, and uh, him and his dad doubled in Oklahoma. But – uh, Luke says that he shot a bird with inch spurs, nine and a half inch beard. Sounds like a good two year old turkey. And uh, who really cares, guys? At the end of the day, two year old birds, ten year old birds. Who cares if they're walking down the choke tube? They're probably going to get their ass fried. So that's awesome, Luke. Shout out, man. Super glad you uh, sent us a message. And shout out to everybody who sent us a message and uh, wanted to be on the show. That just shows how much uh, how much you know interaction we get with you guys on social media. And and just before we get to Chris, I just wanted to read you guys a quick little. Not going to name this asshole, but just to give him a little bit of publicity here and kind of the the shining bright highlight to my day at work today when I got this Facebook message. So there's a thousand turkey groups out there, Chris. I'm sure you're very aware of them. You know, Gobbler Nation, you know, er- every state's pretty much got spring turkey hunting groups. And it's, it's fun to post in there and see what people people say. And maybe you learn something. Maybe you get 
make a couple grown men cry and butt hurt around there. I, there there's That's, a there's an old thing that uh, I think a granddad, not my granddad, but I think he said he'd rather hear uh, a fat baby poot than a grown man cry. You ever heard that? So that, yes, I have, dude. I'm telling you, man, this guy got his freaking butt in a bind today. He said, uh, "Post a picture of of Marvin, my little five ten mini world famous turkey gun, small, mm-hmm. and uh, that bird, just to show kind of a perspective of how small that gun really is." And uh, he he commented, like, oh great, seen the same bird two two days in a row on a post.' And and uh, I put, so glad you saw this one. Thanks for commenting. And uh, he said, I'll. I'll be your one reaction for the day, I guess. I'm sure we'll have to see it again in another day or two. Anyway, that or one of those sick, in quotes, sick videos no one watches either. And I said, love it, man. Thanks for the motivation. He said, and then I commented again after that and said, so I guess you're not going to tune in tomorrow at 630 for the new video. I mean, obviously. (laughs) Just had to give him a plug there. And then, uh, dude, I'm, I'm telling you, man, like guys just, I mean, he went out of his way to try to, you know, belittle what we're doing and making content. And guess what? I, I don't do it for that guy. I, I started out doing it for me and my friends to share videos and moments and, and uh, grew into a podcast and meeting friends. And that's actually how me and Chris met, and we'll get into that. But, man, you meet some really good people and have real relationships, and that's kind of the, the positive part of social media. And of course, people like to highlight the negatives and talk down. And you know what? If you don't get negative comments – it just proves that you're not, you know, you're not trying hard enough. So it just shows you right there, the part-time hunter podcast, the YouTube channel, the IGs, they're doing stuff. They're doing positive things enough to get negative comments. So, you know what, just stoking the fire there, guys. So I appreciate you doing that. And then I had a really nice guy reach out on the IG page, Brandon Corley. I will name him because he's a fan of the show. He said, hilarious. Always has to be a few trolls, but you're actually right. Experience this in all aspects of my life lately. As soon as, uh, you get spotted doing good or becoming successful in any way, people can't stand it. They are either jealous and can't stand to see someone doing good instead of them. People in this world are so selfish and ungrateful for what they have. It's sad. It's a sad, sad world, and I've about gotten to where I don't care for too many humans. <laughs> LOL. Congrats, man. Keep up the good hard work and stay true to yourself and God. That's all that matters. So, Brandon, that's awesome, man. That was a nice pick me up from that little beat up session on Facebook, and and I'm just I'm just kidding, guys. I don't take any of that shit seriously because it's social media and it's literally just for fun. So, just wanted to share that, give you guys some shout outs, and without further ado, the meat and taters of the podcast. We are fortunate and lucky enough to have Chris Jones on the other line up in Illinois. Chris, how you doing this afternoon, man? Good. We got a buddy here from north part of the state. Just cooked some blackened red snapper tacos, and they Whoa. were Dang, dude, I'm jealous. I'm sitting here drinking some nasty-ass Topo Chico because we're out of bush light and we're too lazy to go to the store, so I raided the <laughs> – that was all that was left. We're, we're kind of – we're scrounging and scraping the bottom of the barrel down here in North Georgia, dude. You had to raid, raid in the wife's hard seltzer because <laughs> I got to do a podcast with a, with a cold drink. I just can't do it without it, man. So, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, obviously, Chris doesn't need an intro, but me and Chris go back a couple years now, uh, met through social media, and I actually helped him uh, with part of his Top Flight Outfitters IG page. But Chris – uh, runs ground all over the place, southeast, out west, up north, kind of all over. He's a. Um, uh, are you part owner or full owner of Top Fried Out- Outfitters? I'm part owner of it. Part part owner. So Chris, yep. obviously, he he does Texas hog hunts or did at one time. He does waterfowl all over the place, turkey hunts, deer hunts, uh, and man, we've got some stories to go over. But what what a great guy. No no intro needed really. But uh, if you guys don't already go follow Top Flight Outfitters on the IG, uh, Chris has his own. 
uh, his own IG page. So go check him out. And do you guys have a YouTube channel yet, Chris? You do, don't you? Uh, no, not a YouTube channel. Um, we're okay. working on it now. We just got a social media guy hired. And then okay. we've got uh, a couple of camera guys that are running around with us pretty well dude. everywhere that we're traveling around. Um, dude, that's killer. So you're like literally just a couple steps away from just plugging in some YouTube there. So, yeah, yep. That's, uh, that's soon as we get some more, some more stuff, uh, I guess put together. You know, these guys that are running cameras for us, they spend all fall. Um, out in Colorado and Arizona chasing elk with a couple other outfitters out there. Wow. So as soon as they get done out there, it's usually about the prime time rest kicking on here. And, you know, they're, they're flying back home and getting in a tree with us and starting to roll the cameras. Dude, that's wicked, man. So, so kind of give us a rundown on top flight, you know, kind of what regions and what specialties you guys do. And, and uh, obviously you guys have a website, kind of, kind of plug all that. So guys can go check you out, you know, kind of where they can find you online. Yeah. So, I mean, just topflightoutfitters.com, um, you know, it'll put everything, it's got everything on there that, you know, we do. Um, we, we're getting ready to revamp the whole website. You know, we was running some stuff out in Kansas. Um, we kind of slowed that down. We, uh, kind of transitioned the two guys that work for us up in North Dakota. They're wanting to get their own thing started. All of us down here are having kids and I just recently bought a place that's got a bunch of cabins on it. Um, so I'm tied up with it and I just making North Dakota for two months out of the year just isn't working anymore. So those guys, they're, they're getting their thing started up and we're going to start sending everybody that, you know, hits us up or previous clients. They're going to go straight to those guys now and shoot birds up there. And then we're still running some pig guns down in Texas. Um, but the main goal and focus is Illinois whitetails. Dude, that's wicked. Yeah. And, and that was one thing that a couple of years ago, Chris had us up, me and my dad, uh, doing a lot of saddle hunting on some of his private ground. And, man, what a what a cool place to be, especially when you're a kid that grew up in North Georgia, going out to Illinois or anywhere like that in the Midwest. I mean, you're thinking, you know, land of the giants, just bigger deer up there, a bunch of ag, just big open hardwoods and just beautiful country up there. And we weren't lucky enough to stick one, but uh, on that last day, uh, the cold front did push through, and we saw a ton of deer, uh, just crazy chasing action, you know, across the road and got some good videos. So, yeah, what a he, he's in prime time country up there, guys. So if you're interested in a whitetail hunt, definitely check out Chris. Uh, great guy, great great uh, atmosphere, and uh, just a just a good experience, man. If you want to go see some Illinois true giant whitetail action, so Chris, give us a breakdown of you know a little bit of a background of you know obviously you grew up in the area, but you know how'd you get into hunting and uh, you know mentors and anything like that that uh, you know brought you up into, into wanting to be in the industry, basically. Well, um, really, I mean, my dad, you know, he always took us hunting. He, he introduced us to the outdoors when we was, I think he made us wait till we were eight or nine. I think it was where, when we shot a shotgun, we could still be standing after we shot. <laughs> and That's we were, we were ready to go. Um, but yeah, we, he just, he started us at a pretty young age and he, he was a big hunter, but having kids and work and stuff like that, you know, he kind of got detoured of it and, uh, we just kind of took it by the reins and, and took off with it. Um, my other brother, he's, he's a pretty big hunter too. Um, not like me and my youngest brother though. Uh, we're constantly, you know, if we're not having to work. We're in the woods chasing something. I mean, we just was in Arkansas this past weekend. We've already been to Florida this year, turkey hunting. Uh, we're wrapping up our last week of season here in Illinois. I'd say that we're probably going to be done after this weekend, but who knows? Somebody might call and, 
we might head west or north or south. It's we don't, we don't we're not really sure yet, but we're always down for a road trip at the last minute. Dude, that's killer, man. And like when you say when you're not working, you guys grew up, you know, obviously working ground up there, and it's just it's crazy for somebody from the south, you know, where we're like in the mountain area, don't really have that much agricultural industry. You know, most of our stuff's like industrial. Like I live in the carpet capital of the world which is super weird why that's Dalton, Georgia. Don't ask me why, but, you know, <laughs> more, more or less like your carpet mill area, you know, you got some in, in industry stuff like, you know, car dealerships and normal normal town life, but we don't have like the rolling vast giant landscape of corn, soybeans, you know, that kind of cool. Uh, it's, just, it's, it's neat to me because I don't just know, know nothing about it, but I think it's the most interesting industry there is. Like I watch some of those YouTube farmers on on uh, on the internet, man. It's just It's just crazy the process and the, continuous work that you have to do but like you know you you kind of grew up or you mentioned to me one time that you grew up and still kind of do that on the side right to have oh yeah yeah i mean farming farming's still the main income i mean my parents got a farm just a couple miles south of town um help them out i help out a buddy um with his farm too when we're not busy and he's got they're a very large pioneer dealer so pioneers seed you know corn and beans oh okay he just bought a big warehouse and we just built all new offices in it last year. And we got, uh, wow. we rented a part of it out to a big grain bin, uh, business. They, you know, a farmer calls and he needs a grain bin. They call these guys and they come in and they put it up and they service it. You know, you got any problems, they come in and take care of all that. So we're definitely, uh, still 100% agriculture related. I mean, whether it's sitting in a tractor and planting to uh, running seed to other farmers, to, uh, you know, crop insurance. I mean, we're, kind of got our hands in a little bit of everything uh, i don't really help much with the seed and the insurance but i always get stuck in a truck hauling it somewhere or taking papers to somebody to sign but dang dude that, that, and, and it's such a cool little town i mean that, that you're in i mean it's like you know you go to that one spot the local the local bar the restaurant you know it's everybody knows everybody and it's just that's a really cool uh thing that you know just in america i just think it's so neat dude you just you can learn so much as a kid growing up there i'm sure going to the local place for all the you know the old timers are eating breakfast and just get so much knowledge and and uh, just really just a really cool place to be man and uh, when I was in Kansas this is not related but when I was in Kansas running around uh, I was asking them because I'm always interested in kind of you know the local you know landscape and what they do for farming they said a lot of their places was a lot of no till out there is that kind of what you guys are seeing or are you guys still turning dirt actually yeah, we're 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 turning dirt you got a few guys around here um, that do the no-till um, but i'd say 95 percent of your guys are working the ground up every year i mean it just started raining here a couple hours ago and it's been it's been cold and and rainy up here we've only had a couple days here and there each week to really get in the field and do anything yeah uh, but there was about every corner that you turned today there was tractors running and dust was flying planters were slinging up and down the road and wow but that's all come to a halt it, way the weather looks it'll probably be sunday or monday before we get back in the fields dang man so like this time of year obviously springs you know people think planting season but i mean i mean from what you guys are seeing across you know where you're at you you, you seeing more guys preparing the dirt right now not really doing so much actual planting or is that kind of on the horizon no that's uh i mean everybody's preparing their fields you know they're working dirt and i mean right after there's usually a planter right there um, oh wow they're not they're not holding back you know a lot of guys are thinking that we're getting late in the year because we're usually planting corn beginning of april and here we are first of may just about so your big guys you know they're 
they're freaking out that they're not going to get her done before the 4th of July. Gosh, dude, that's that's crazy, man. Well, let's jump right into turkey season, man. That's kind of what, you know, all these guys are geared up for now on the podcast, and we get a lot of questions on IG. And, man, kind of run me through, like, you know, where obviously you, you named a couple of states already, Arkansas and Florida. Run me through, like, you know, your, you know, your turkey season so far from the very beginning and kind of some war stories and what, what you guys have done so far. Oh, boy. Well, Florida <laughs> was definitely an eye-opener. Um, really? We've got – we just kind of went out on a limb. Uh, we we actually just leased a big uh, piece of property just up the road from my house. We was kind of needing a little personal piece and uh, got in with a farmer. We got this place leased. I called a couple buddies in Florida that had been looking for a place for six or seven years. That's about how long I'd owned them. And they had been coming up here years prior, just hunting some state ground and permission places on a few um, – but they were looking to really spend some money and, and get some of the best hunting that we have around here. And I come across a big track of it and I called them up and they said, yep, well, let's do it together. So they're, uh, they're they come up, they've already been up once this year and they're coming up here again soon, uh, set stands and start running cameras, but I've already started food plots on it, but they are from, Oh, kind of mid state Florida. And I was like, Hey man, I'm going to shoot an Osceola. Yeah. Can you, can you hook me up? And they got me a couple pieces. I don't know if the birds had just been a little bit pressured in that area. I mean, we saw a lot of, a lot of hunters and, and we struggled, um, just to even hear a gobble. And wow. we finally drove up to a big WMA pulled in there, uh, the night before that we could start hunting it. Uh, it was still closed to like permit only quota permits. Oh, crap. Well, we get a bird roosted. Heck, yeah. Here we go. Oh, we're going to flobble this sucker in the morning, and we're going to get the hell out of Florida. <laughs> well, <laughs> the gates open at 5. I didn't really want to do it on public land. Um, nothing against it. I'm just a big private land guy. If I can yeah. pay, you know, if I can come down there and pay for it and be done in the day and turn around and go home or go to the next place, that's what I'm doing all day. Oh, and for sure. This just wasn't panning out on the private, so we jumped to public. And like I said, I think the gates opened at 5 or 5.30. We pull up, and I bet you there's 30 pickup trucks sitting in front of us. And I looked at everybody else, and I thought, yeah, you boys ready to go back to the house and get our stuff and go home or go to Mississippi? I mean, we was calling everybody that we knew. And oh, my Southern God. State that was open. And uh, we went back in. Well, we were going to back up and leave and go just scout a different WMA. And we went to back up and there was already another four or five pickup trucks behind us. I said, well, we're in it now, boys. So we, we went back in there. <laughs> we didn't hear anything. Damn. Here comes a group of guys. They walk by us. Here comes another group 10 minutes later, walk by us. And I looked at those guys and I said, this is why people pay big money to go shoot a turkey somewhere else. I said, I'm out. Dude, and yeah, absolutely. Oh my God. It was, I mean, it's public land. That's how it is. You know, couldn't be mad about it. We was all laughing. We'd had our butts kicked for three days already. And we just started giggling like a bunch of schoolgirls and got in the pickup. We just drove on, scouted another place. And uh, here at my cabins, I got a bunch of guys that are here for turnaround. And there were some guys from Florida. And they're kind of up in the panhandle part, which I don't think those true Osceolas. Um, it was where they were from was like right on the line. Um so I called him. I was like, hey, man, you know anybody at this point? I don't care what kind of turkey it is. I just want to kill it. <laughs> I want to draw blood, man. Help yeah, out, I, mean, I didn't care what it was. I just wanted to draw blood, 
and and started heading home. And he hooked us up with a guy, and we, he sent us to some public land that wasn't really pressured. Um, it was it looked really good. We saw a lot of turkeys on there. We just we couldn't make it happen. And I think we spent two days on that one. I think we ended up driving. It was like four hours from the place that we were at before. Oh wow! And. Uh, we, we didn't make it happen, and I think we all just threw the towel in and said, we got our butts kicked, and let's go on back home. And, and we did. As soon as we got back home, UC season started here. It was colder than hell. Wow. Um, I think it was spitting snow the first season of youth. Holy crap. <laughs> and uh, I didn't hunt that weekend. I just scouted, and my little brother took a couple of his buddies that were still youth hunters, okay. and they were just – mopping them one kid killed a 30 pound bird holy crap i mean a whopper and it was literally um i don't remember when you guys were up here uh deer hunting the house that i lived at that's it was it was right across the road from it oh really okay yeah and i was like dude i cannot believe that you guys killed one there because usually right about as soon as you season opens up you never see a turkey there again they get smart yep and i and it's not really hunted nobody hunts back in there wow so i don't know what the deal was but yeah they ended up getting him and they killed a couple others and then the next weekend we took a kid out <laughs> and they were grouped up pretty hard and they just they weren't coming to us i mean they were they, they there was no reason for them to come to us they was doing their own thing and Damn. i said let's just grab this decoy and just see how far we can walk across this field to them we got 40 yards from them <laughs> And all we had was a Dave Smith strutter Jake and we put a regular strutter fan on it. Yeah. This bird, he, he keeps coming out to us a little bit, trying to push us away. Then he'd go back to the hens <laughs> and he'd come back out. And I thought, Oh my God, just get a little five feet closer. Yeah. And I asked that kid, I said, you're shooting a 12 gauge, right? And he goes, yeah. And I said, okay, get ready. And we were sitting on our knees and that bird come out oh, 30 yards. Boom! <laughs> All you seen was corn stalks flying. Damn! <laughs> I felt so bad for that kid. Oh, he missed. Oh, I thought he got. Oh him. yeah, yeah. Oh, corn stalks flying. Shit, he shot. Man. He shot five feet in front of him. Oh dang! I and hate the that. next one. I I thought. I mean, because he he pumped another one, and I thought that one got it, but that bird was already flying, and it was too far. Yeah. And, you know, we we walked back up to the truck with his dad, and I said, "Man, don't feel bad." I said, "I missed the turkey, and my second shot, I I got him pretty good, but I still needed help from my buddy." I was over there yelling at him. I said, "Shoot, shoot! It's gonna get away. I can't shoot anymore." It was it. We was in the middle of the timber, and I told that kid about that, and he had said that uh, he's like, "Ah, hey, well, it's okay. I understand. You know, it's his first turkey hunt ever." Oh wow! So, okay. You know, we about got it done right there, and Man. I said, you know, no big deal. We'll go again next year. Um, you know, get you a regular season tag, and and I'll let, you can tag along with me. And uh, you know, at this point, I'd never really fully missed a turkey. You know, it, it, it come out dead regardless if I had to have help. Oh man! Well, yeah, and 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 that's what I tell guys, dude. Like, guys want to, you know, bash somebody for missing or a kid getting nervous or like in this case, like a completely you know, never had drawn a bead on a turkey's head before. Dude, if you haven't missed a turkey or witnessed somebody miss a turkey, 
you you just gave yourself away as you have not spent that much time in the turkey woods, dude. It is going to happen. Like, oh yeah, especially I mean, it, yeah, dude. If if you're out of state and desperation comes and that bird comes into you know an ethical range, but you've got to you know maybe put one through a sapling or some kind of maybe something gets in your way. It's just like bow hunting whitetails. There may be something out there that those few BBs you need to take that bird out may be in your way. And dude, it, it truly happens to all of us. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. It does. Well, uh, three weeks later it happened to me. Oh shit. <laughs> oh, okay. Yep. We, uh, the, you know, the new house where you guys stayed at, uh, when you come up here and deer hunted, yeah. I just recently bought all that, the whole place. Oh, okay. So that's where I live at now. And just down the road, I mean, this place is juice with turkeys and oh. there was, piece of ground that it, it's 20 acres um i'd say 18 of it is a bean field and i kept seeing a de- uh a strutter out there every day and i'm like oh i gotta go talk to this lady i gotta go talk to this lady <laughs> i looked her up on it was in a trust and i looked up the address and i'm like that's three houses down from my parents so i was like i know exactly who that is went down there she was mowing the yard and i'm like i'm sorry to bother you but there's a turkey out there in this field do you mind if i go hunt it and I don't care. Kill it. Oh, dude, that's the best kind when they're like, just kill all of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And so we go down there next morning, got the camera up. Um, He's gobbling 75 yards away from us. We're sitting out in this little green pasture. It's like a CRP buffer on this field. This bird pitches down. Hen comes in. She beats the hell out of the hen decoy we had there. Oh, that's badass. Two minutes later, here he come. He beats the hell out of the strutter. And you can hear Giuseppe in the background. You gonna shoot? You gonna shoot? I'm like, <laughs> no way, dude. This is way too good a footage. I'm like, just yeah. keep the camera rolling. And uh, he he come off strut. And he was getting ready to start bugging out. And I said, you ready? He's like, yep. And I'm like, okay. Boom! I miss, and you can hear me say, what the hell just happened? Oh. And I I dumped out it. I mean, I sh- I dumped my gun, of course. Yeah. And I, I looked at him, and the camera's pointing right at me, and I'm like. I've never missed a turkey and I just missed the turkey and I, I don't know what happened. And I guarantee you what the deal was, is my brother was patterned one of his guns. Yeah. And I was like, you don't need to do that. I've never patterned one of these. Oh, you know, I just no. grab it. I just <laughs> shove it in there and I, oh, it come back and bit my ass hard. Oh <laughs> man, dude. Yeah. So that's that duck season. That, it, it wasn't cycling. It had so much gunk in it. I, I'm the world's worst gun cleaner. Uh, <laughs> I do not take care of them at all. And I took it out to my buddy. It's got a gun shop here. And I'm like, hey, man, strip it down. I don't care if it takes 50 cans of brake cleaner to clean this baby out. Just get it, get it hosed out and get it working. Well, he does. And I took it back to him. And I'm like, hey, dude, did you put one of these shims in wrong? Because I went after I missed that bird. I went home yeah. and started patterning it. And I was shooting like a foot off. And I'm like, dude, there is no, what is, I was trying different shells, different, you know, size of loads. Damn. And I could not figure it out. So I took it out there to him and the shim in the very back that holds uh, the butt stock on was flipped over backwards. Oh no. Gosh. So uh, we flip it around, go out back, shoot it dead on. I thought you gotta be shitting. I said, thanks. You just cost me a turkey and my pride. <laughs> and my pride damn it so, dude damn it two days later driving around i'm on my buddy on the phone with my buddy in arkansas and uh they he he just shot his bird 
uh, in Arkansas, his very first one he's ever killed. He, he's from up here, and he moved down there for work, and he's never killed a bird before. Oh, wow. And uh, he he got in tight with a, a guy that he works with or a buddy or something, and they got some ground. So I'm like, yeah, man, I'm just driving around. I was like, I didn't have any luck first thing this morning. I was like, trying to find that midday gobbler out in the field, and he's toast. Drive by the field, there that, that bird was. Say, I knew it was the same bird. Damn. Same old hen was with him. And I thought, I'm just going to try to reap him. I mean, yeah. So I parked the truck behind the woods, come down. There was a big old tree um, that was probably 50 yards from them. And it hit me the whole way. I mean, I made it 300 yards across the field, got on my hands and knees, come around that tree and shook that tail fan. I didn't have it on a reaper decoy, nothing. I literally just had a fan that I, from a bird I killed last year. No shit. Shook it, come in on a string 40 yards, killed him at five. Oh my God. <laughs> Self-defense at that point. Oh yeah. I mean, I, I peeked my head back around that fan one more time and I was like, holy shit, there he is. <laughs> and I threw it down and I shot and I thought, oh my God, I killed him. God, I was like, the same bird I got out there. Same bird, biggest bird I've ever killed in Illinois. Um, had a 12 and a quarter inch beard, inch holy and quarter spurs. Holy shit. And it was 28 pounds. Oh my God. That full grown ass man. Holy oh dude I mean, what a freaking the video <laughs> the video you know we it's it's getting chopped up right now and edited uh i mean i think i sent you a little short little clip of him beating the decoys up oh yeah and, okay so does that that was the same bird then yeah i mean i mean it had a rope on him you can see it just brushing through the grass Holy and crap i finally i got him killed and i called giuseppe and i was by myself that morning there was no camera you know that kid had to work and stuff and I called him. I'm like, dude, you need to call in real quick and get down here and take some pictures. Of this <laughs> it's freaking huge. Damn, and, uh, dude. What a story. So are you shooting iron sights on that open sights? Are you shooting a red dot or what's... Oh, yeah. Just, uh, I think it's green, actually. It's on a, I'm just shooting a Super Black 83. Um, old trustworthy, man. It's been beat around from here to Kingdom Co. Is, is that the same shotgun that Candace shot her, or we shot that hog? Yeah, one? man. It's killed pigs. It's killed geese, turkeys. <laughs> Oh, it's it's just an all around go getter, dude. Yeah, so so that makes total sense. Like, so it, it sounds like just a dedicated turkey gun might be in your future, like a custom build with a red dot or something. Oh, there's going to be some sweet shit coming down the pipeline here. As soon as we get deer season figured out and get it going, yeah, uh, yeah, I got a lot of trips this year, man. I've already been on two. Um, going to Wyoming for an antelope hunt in September. Literally the day we get back from our honeymoon. Um, that night we're, we're packing up and headed west. So, wow, dude, yep. dude, that's so awesome. Like, I, I know like we, we talk all throughout the year and like every time, like I'm like, Hey, what's up? You're like, Oh yeah, I'm in, uh, you know, I'm in North Dakota chasing geese. I'm like, Oh, you lucky bastard. I, 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 <laughs> guess where I'm at. I'm at the car lot. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. dude, man, yeah, you that, uh, live I the wear freaking a truck dream. out pretty quick. Dude, that's, that's awesome, man. That, that, when you ask that lady for permission, that reminds me of a story. I had a, some local buddies here, they run an IG page, Breaking Silence TV. They uh, were running around last year in Nebraska, and the kind of the same situation where you were at, except they were on like day three of a four-day trip, and day four was like their go-home day. So mm-hmm. they, they were sweating and had been running around, getting their ass whooped. And and, uh, and and it's tough, man. Like if you're out in another state, you're 15, 16 hours from home, and 
you don't have like a local, you know, that knowledge or at least a buddy of some kind out there to point you in the right direction. Maybe not drop you a pin, but say, hey, you know, this this area seems to be good or was good last year. It's tough, man, when you're flying blind. And uh, they they spotted these birds from the road. I think it was like two or three strutters. And, you know, that, that late afternoon, uh, you know, typically what they do before they go to roost, hanging around with a few hens and, and kind of do their mm-hmm. thing. They, they stopped and asked this lady. She was in her yard. And it was a, a just a – they said this property off the road was – just picture perfect Nebraska, crazy cool little draw canyons and stuff like that. And uh, they stopped Mass's lady, and she said, "She said you can kill every one of those damn things. I hate them. I, I think I think because she was in her garden, so they must come all the way down to, to their house in their garden and get in, and pick and scratch and all that. So so they they haul off there, and one of the guys stayed with the truck because they had to park right off the road. They didn't want to park in their driveway, being respectful. Mm-hmm. Or not. So th- his other two guys get back in there. Uh, and they end up both shooting a bird. Well, the guy, oh, yeah. yeah. So I mean, typical Nebraska dude. I mean, it's freaking low. Yep. And yeah. and while one of the guys is sitting there, I think he's at the tailgate, you know, just watching the truck and waiting for them to come back. A father and son roll up on a mule, like side by side, and they're like, "Hey, dude, uh, what the hell are you doing here?" And he's like, "Oh, well, my buddies are back in this property turkey hunting. Can I help you?" And he's like, uh, "Yeah, this is our property, and we we haven't let anybody hunt here in ten years." And he was like, well, I, he, he didn't know what to say. He's like, well, this this lady up in the driveway in her garden said that, you know, to kill all of them. And, dude, this guy went freaking off on him. So, apparently, that was the wife, and that was the husband and son. And there was some kind of miscommunication. I don't know who pissed in somebody's Cheerios, but the wife <laughs> gave the green light, and the dad was, was mold. He said, you better tell them to get their ass out of there. And then, like, as soon as he said that, that was when they heard the – boom and then like five seconds later boom <laughs> so I, it was like a delayed double i'm sure they were and uh and, and so the, both of those guys come you know walking back you know pr- freaking like a possum eating peach seed giant grain oh, yeah. on their face like hell yeah we're going back home heroes blah 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 they get back to the truck and their buddy's like uh i think i think the the lead guy there his name's eric and he's like hey man uh he said i want to walk up to that lady and tell her thanks for letting us hunt he's like no you don't he said, "We're getting, the, we're getting the hell out of here." He's like, "No, dude, seriously, like, what, what's your deal? I want to tell her thank you. Like, we just had the best hunt ever." He's like, "You don't understand. She gave you guys permission, and the freaking other landowner, the husband, came up here and cussed me out." He said, "Throw those damn birds in the truck. We're headed south." And so they, they hauled ass, dude. So <laughs> <laughs> I've been in that situation a few times. Oh my gosh, man! And and that's that's another thing, guys. Listen to this podcast, and Chris will tell you because he's got a brand new baby girl, and and uh, you know he he's kind of you know finding out like maybe I'll find out one day that you know your time on the road and your time out in other states is precious, man. So you better have those honeydews done because if you got property back home and some other hunters roll up in your driveway, your old lady might give them permission. So you, oh, yeah. so you better get those honeydews to keep that wife on the good side of the fence, because man, I'm telling you, that's a oh, Brianna, oh, she know better than that, dude. What a crazy, what a crazy story, man. Gosh. Yeah, that's insane. I've, uh, I've, I've had the same stuff happen before. I mean, <laughs> we had one guy that we hunted with. He picked up a piece of ground, and he is all jacked up about it. And it was this big. Uh, uh, like old strip pit and there was I mean, it was just juice with ducks oh, and it was about an hour and a half two hours north of my house and he called and he's like dude you want to come and i'm like well hell yeah i want to come <laughs> like what time do i need to be there and he told me i'm like all right dude i left the house at like midnight drove up there damn and, uh, we burn them up i mean we shoot like five man limit God. an hour i mean it was taking candy from a baby wow and 
we shot a couple geese in there too and we go get the pickup truck and we're starting to leave and this truck comes flying down the lane and i'm like what the hell and we were in the front truck and the kid that got permission was in the back uh the other truck and oh no he's like who the hell are you and this guy i mean we rolled the window down and he runs up and grabs me by the shirt and i'm like hey whoa 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 this is not how this is going to go down i'm like <laughs> that kid right there is the one you need to talk to because we're here with him he he got permission well his brother got drunk at the bar the night before and told him that he could hunt this place but it was actually they owned it but they didn't mean that place they meant the one like a couple miles down the oh, road oh no <laughs> he got confused and ended up <laughs> It's not a sanctuary, nothing like that. Oh it's, shit! It's, it's pretty close, <laughs> but it was just a. Um, he was pissed because the University of Illinois, which was only forty minutes away, and the University uh, or Eastern University is thirty minutes away, and I guess all these kids do bird studies out there. Oh no! And that guy was mother effing me up and down, and. Hey, and then he got to tell us about the bird studies, and I said, "Hey, dude, I'm just letting you know. Uh, they got about 35 ducks short that they ain't gonna be able to study, and we're fitting to put them in the grease." Oh <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and we left, and I have never, I ain't even drove by that place ever again. I was like, "No way, bad oh. juju." There's gonna be a game board center just waiting to write a ticket. Dude, that is freaking nuts. <laughs> oh. I, <laughs> We we left. We drove an hour away and finally stopped and ate breakfast. And I got out of the truck and I'm like, "Hey, dumbass, what was that about, dude?" Uh, I mean, he just he didn't know what to say. He's like, "I got mixed up." And I'm like, "You sure did." And this was back. I mean, this was before Onyx and we was reading plat maps and stuff like that. So oh yeah, like back in the good old days, dude. When you could be like, yeah. "Well, my map's different," you know. I, that gobbled. <laughs> I mean, shit. I mean, <laughs> you can't do oh, that. Oh, your now. map's different because yours. You got a different county pulled up. <laughs> oh oh shit, this realize. map's ten years old. I got it from my granddad. <laughs> I found it in this turkey vest. Oh damn, I got that's a good yeah. excuse, dude. Uh, so oh, I, I got a story from this last goose season. We were up in uh uh well, I won't say the name of the town. We we're up in Tennessee. With my buddy Jake Ware, you guys probably seen him on the channel a couple of times on the uh, on the mm -hmm. goose videos. So we get in this crazy spot, and these geese, dude, Chris, they, these geese, they're they're local geese, and you gotta you gotta kind of hunt them where they're at up there, and they're up in these chopped up mountain towns in Middle Tennessee, and sometimes you're hunting a place that, I mean, I don't even know what you might call it, like a mini cattle tank or something, just like a you know like an ornamental pond or something. I mean, they, these geese hang out in some crazy places, but the cool part about this part in Tennessee, like the the Risk rewards there because you got some really what I call HVTs, those high value target geese. Got bands, you know, maybe oh, yeah. have some collars, you know, there from that that general banding area. So, so we like to go when when Jake finds geese, we like to go because you never know what's going to fly in your spread. So we're hunting this this lady's backyard and uh, basically, and the only thing that there's she has like a property line fence that cuts this pond in half. So we can only shoot the geese on the swing if they were on our side of the pond. It was that kind of sketchy place, but. Jake, Jake had complete permission where we were sitting, but dude, if we sailed a cripple in this lady's backyard, it was going to be bad. And Jake had told us, he's like, Hey guys, you know, kind of be conservative on shooting. You know, if they're really in our lap, let's just take them. But you know, if they're kind of going to go sell in this lady's yard, I think she's, she's known to feed them and she might get butt hurt. Well, buddy, holy shit. We cut loose on the first group and two sail in her backyard. One's walking around with a broken wing and in her backyard, <laughs> And, I, and I'm going, Jake, what the hell, dude? Like, this is not cool. I was like, we're going to get – I mean, like, we're not going to get in trouble. We were completely legal. We were we were 150 yards from her house. 
we were, I mean, we were hugging the property line, but we were completely in the green. So, like, everybody had license, duck stamps, of course. We all, we only roll legal, and we made sure everybody was up to date on that, you know, even me being out of state. And, dude, oh, my God. So this lady comes out, and, and I mean, honestly, it was hunter harassment, but at the same time, we kind of asked for it. It's just one of those places where if you're going to have six guys, you know, crack off a 12-gauge at, you know, shooting light, you kind of know what's going to happen. So she she, oh, yeah. she she comes out and starts raising freaking immortal cane, dude. Well, here here comes the county mounting, not not green jeans, but just the local PD comes out and uh, meets us at the gate on our side of the, of the road where the property was where we drove in on, and and he basically told us he's like, boys, you're good, you know, I'm not even going, you know, obviously he can't check license, but he's like, you guys are good, you're legal, you know, I'm gonna go talk to her and tell her to stop yelling at you. Are you guys still gonna hunt? And at that point, we'd shot like 10 geese, you know, all, all broke geese, no, no bands or nothing. And we were just kind of like, hey, you know, we're, it's not worth it. The, the, the risk reward here is not worth it. So we, we drive around because we had to have an encounter with this crazy ass lady because we had three cripples over there. And so, <laughs> and, and they're like up around her brush pile and trying to hide and shit. And, 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 and you know, as a, you know, a, a moral thing for waterfall guys, you have to make an attempt to go get your bird. If you can see it over yeah. there. Yeah. You got to make an attempt, you know, not, not just the fact that it could be a band walking around, which is the selfish part of me, but the, the hunter in me, the conservative, the conservation hunter in me is like, I got to go get that bird and get him out of his misery and be done with this. Yep, shit. Absolutely. So we go over there and this lady, dude, as soon as we hop out of the truck, we're not even in her driveway. We're just in the street. She starts laying into us. You sons of bitches. You're shooting my geese, blah, blah, blah. And, and as soon as we stepped out of the truck, we didn't say nothing. The, the police was like, listen, lady, we're not doing that. They just would like to ask you permission if they can go get their wounded birds and get the hell out of here, and that and that completely shut her up. I mean, that you could tell there wasn't. I don't know what the situation was. It was like three elderly ladies. It was like three sisters. One of them was blind and deaf, couldn't couldn't walk around. The other ones were just just ornery, just mean ass old ladies. And, uh, <laughs> and and as soon as that policeman told them what time it was, completely different attitude. She's like, "Oh yeah, my gate's over here. You guys can walk over here. It's gonna be totally fine." So, so we're we're all running back there with shotguns, and we grabbed these geese, and, and they were all broke. You know, our luck that day. And uh, yeah. and when we were leaving, she's like, "I don't want to see you guys back over here ever again." And then and then she talked to Jake. She's like, "Hey, you know, but if you guys want, if you ever want to hunt over there again, just let me know." And we're like, "Oh yeah, we're never we're never coming back to here though." Yeah. So <laughs> so so we can let you know so you can have a firework show, you know, at seven in the morning while we're trying to. Uh huh. Dude, I'm yeah. telling you, man, landowners is. Oh, I'm sure you've got some. Oh boy, nuts! Those stories from all the places uh, that we guided. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a gun pulled on me in North Dakota five years ago probably holy shit are you serious it was yeah so this was before you know guiding up there or anything like that it was even before guiding in illinois where we started wow it was just uh i think three of the freelance trip you were up there yeah yeah we'd we'd go up every year in the beginning of september before harvest started here and we i don't even remember what area we were in it was someplace that we i'd never been before and we're just cruising down the road, and there's a lot of minimum maintenance roads out there, so they don't take care of them, you know. Ooh, and if it's not yeah. muddy, you can drive down them, you know. It ain't no big deal. But this one we go down, his house was right on the edge of it, but it had a county road sign on it. So we're just cruising down it, and we we weren't going fast, 20, 30 mile an hour maybe. And we come up to a gate uh, half a mile from his house, and... I'm like, okay, well, let's probably let's not go through this. I was like, let's just turn around and we'll leave. Um, you know, clearly the guy either 
this isn't a county road or he doesn't care that it's a county road and put a cattle gate up it Ooh. and we're not going to take it down you know so we just back up we start coming out and like i said we're not flying down the road or nothing here comes this little piece of shit ford ranger i mean ramping over these hills whoa i'm like yep definitely not here <laughs> gets out of the truck pulls the gun out and i was like holy shit and what? i said do you think that's a smart idea dude and he goes you know where you're at and i said uh, did you see my front license plate? I ain't got a clue where I'm at. I seen a county road sign on it. I drove down it, seen the gate. That's why I turned around. Clearly, this isn't a county road, and I'm sorry. We'll never be back. And he's still waving this pistol at me, and I'm pretty short-fused, um, especially <laughs> something like that. I mean, holy! I, I got crap. a 12-gate sitting right here next to my side in the pickup, and I'm going, I don't do it. Don't do it, because oh. if you do do it, you better hope that you kill me, because I promise you, I'm going to kill you. Wow. And I, when I left, dude, I was shaking. I was so mad. I'm like, I cannot believe that that guy was half tempted to shoot me because I drove down a road that I wasn't supposed to. I'm like, he just spent the rest of his life in prison yeah, just because somebody was going to drive down a freaking gravel road that had a county road sign on it. That son of a bitch better go back there and unbolt that county road sign off that post. Oh my God, dude. And like, so was there, uh, was there a house around or it was just like middle of nowhere? It was in the middle of nowhere, but there was a house on the edge, like on the corner, like the road kind of curved. And then it, well, I guess it was kind of a, technically if you drove up to it, you'd have saw it as a crossroads, but apparently it was a T and oh. we shot off the top of that T and went down there. And that was apparently a no, no. Holy crap. Crap, dude. So, people that are nuts. Was, people are nuts. Oh, dude. insane. I mean, uh, uh, for a hunting experience, that's a that's a worst one that I've ever had. And I was 22, 23. I mean, I was about shitting peach seeds Ooh. on the way out of there. I'm like, what the hell? I mean, we've had that stuff happen in cities. Like when we come in to dig up subdivisions, I, I pipeline the first five years out of school when we weren't busy at home. And yeah, there was all the time people were coming out with guns, but they never pointed them at you or nothing like that. But. Yeah, dude, I, man, I, I honestly don't know. I've never, you know, thank God, knock on wood, whatever you want to call it. I've never had to do that hunting or just in normal life. Like I've had some, you know, road rage incidents where you're yelling at somebody or somebody yells at you, but never like actually had a physical firearm pointed at me. Like, dude, I honestly don't know what I would have done, Chris. Like, I, I think I, I don't know what I would have done. You were, Got some freaking uh, a cool personality to, to to talk yourself out of that dude. Like that's a crazy because uh, I mean you're out there like you're out there enjoying your time with your friends. You drove you know shit ton of hours you know from home. You're trying to find some ducks and geese, and it goes from you know leisure and the best time of your life to I'm staring at an old man with a pistol in front of my face. Like holy yeah. crap, zero to one hundred real quick. Oh yeah, God I mean, almighty. You know, laugh about it now, but then I'm like. What just happened? Oh my word, I dude, I can't even imagine, dude. So talking about Florida and kind of your struggles you were having out there, um, that's such a, especially in the turkey hunting world, dude. Don't you think it's so crazy how? And, and I'll tell you something. My boss said, and he's not a hunter at all, and it's funny that he's. It made me think about this, but Florida has such the monopoly on that Osceola, you know, subspecies of oh, the yeah. eastern turkey. So, I mean, and, you, and you're probably well in depth with, you know, how much, like your average outfitter out there is charging, you know, if, if you get away with a $3,000 Osceola, you're probably doing okay. You know, I, I've heard anywhere from 3500 to four grand, depending on if they've got, you know, room and board or, you know, some places just meet you at the place. I mean, you were, so the hotel's on you, plus yep. license, plus, you know, God knows gas and expenses to get down there. 
But, uh, dude, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, hats off to you guys for trying to, you know, beat feet on some public ground and, and, and get shit going, man. That's a uh, 30 yeah, trucks. Yeah, trust me. 30 so we were calling outfitters. Oh, you were calling outfitters. <laughs> oh, I was calling I everybody. Too. I mean, we're cruising down the road, and I'm like, dude, I don't care if it's another couple thousand dollars. I'm already here. Because my, my whole goal was to try to kill a single-season slam this oh, spring. Oh, yeah. How cool is that? And... You know, Nebraska still had a bunch of tags left whenever we were down there. They still had like 3,500 tags. Yeah. I'm like, we're here for two more days. I'm like, they're not selling that many tags in two days. We kill this bird. We'll buy the tags over the, you know, on the phone. And then as soon as we get home, we're going to youth hunt here. And then we're going to drive straight to Nebraska and we're going to bow hunt them in Nebraska. Oh, for archery season. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So we we're calling all these outfitters and. I, I got a hookup. We'll talk about it, but um, it's it's a whole lot cheaper than what the numbers you just said. Oh shit! Okay, uh, so so off the, the air. I got you. Yeah, and it, the deal's not done yet, but I'm working on a lease down there with a guy, and it's just uh. Well, you know, well, you know, I, I'm down to clown, so we'll just we'll talk about that later. Oh yeah, we literally <laughs> drive right through. We drove through your hometown, so we'll just pick you up. You know. Oh hell yeah! Okay. <laughs> but so we, uh, I, you had. The cheapest one I found was twenty five hundred bucks, and the most expensive one I found was fifty five hundred bucks. And every single one of them we couldn't book till twenty twenty five. Oh my god! Holy shit! Are you kidding me? Yeah, oh I my mean, God, dude. I looked at uh, my business partner. I said, "I'm about to start calling some real estate agents down here, and we're going to start buying some turkey hunting ground." Dude, no shit. Because like, I mean, you could probably you know not have to do three or four other places that you're doing now and make crazy money. I mean that's nuts. Oh yeah, nuts, yeah. Man. I mean, you know, it's it's the beginning of March, middle of March. It's usually still colder than hell up here. We're not doing anything. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, dude, who, why, who would want to go to Florida for three weeks and just burn some birds up and then make a little bit of cash and come back home? You know. Yeah. So I don't know. We're gonna see if the deal works out. If it don't, then I'm just gonna pay this dude for one bird and next spring, and we'll we'll try to get her done, but. It's worth uh, that, dude. And that's that's so funny you said that, dude, because there is a definite line in Florida. I'm not sure exactly what county or what the line is now, but it's so crazy how you go from, you know, maybe there's some kind of a, a hybrid-ish on that line, but you go from eastern Turkey to straight-up Osceola country, and it's so crazy how that line hasn't advanced or decreased or whatever. And I'm sure the DNR has some more, you know, biological data behind that. But my, my boss, J.D., he's not a – hunter never hunted doesn't know shit really about turkey hunting and I, he was asking me he's every spring it kind of comes up because I, I take a trip from work like i did this last year and did nebraska and kansas or i go somewhere on a turkey tour and uh he, he's always like hey you know so how many subspecies are there and he's kind of a nerd and it tells you how busy he is at work he was right. go, he was googling like you know you know he's like well have you ever been to new mexico what about a gould's turkey and he's just naming all this shit i'm like dude it's, it's cool like i've got you know, I'm doing my own thing, but he's like, so let me ask you this. Why hasn't somebody captured, you know, went down there, you know, super covert, trapped or netted some Osceolas in a horse trailer and just drugged their ass somewhere and, you know, maybe not a high fence, but started their own colony of Osceola turkeys in some other state? And I said, you know what? That's kind of crazy, but that's kind of smart. <laughs> Yeah, probably illegal as hell too. Oh, but it'd be super, cooler. super illegal. I said, I "Well, Jake, what, man? 
You get away with doing that shit, you catch my ass on a flight to Belize, and I'm getting some oscillators, <laughs> and you're going to see them run around Illinois. Dude, yeah. Or, or, hybrids of peacocks. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, man, and, and it got my wheels turned. I'm like, you know, that that is so crazy that uh, it, it's just weird that, like, even, like, when you cross the Georgia line, like, you're down there in South Georgia, you know, you got some sandy soil, some giant, you know, pine thickets, giant plantations. Yeah. It's very similar and well, and maybe not as much climate-wise, but very similar to Florida, South Florida, minus probably everything else that wants to kill you and the turkeys there, like the panthers and anacondas and all the other crazy shit in the swamp. Oh, dude! But but it's just crazy to me that like what he said. Why haven't they bred, or you know, turkeys don't migrate, but why haven't their genes made it all the way at least to at least South Georgia, which they would probably like it better than the freaking swamps of you know Osceola County, you know, South Florida, that type of thing. Yeah, I don't know. That's it is kind of crazy. Like, that fine line. I mean, that's nuts. Isn't it? That second place that we went to, um, I, I talked to that dude, and I'm like, I'm not really too worried about it at this point because you know, turkey's a turkey. I don't really give a shit. You yeah. Know? <laughs> I, I, if I don't check Osceola off the board, I'm checking Florida off the board of the 49. You know, absolutely. And he's like, dude, these are Osceolas. He's like, we literally live right on the line. He goes, but every turkey I've killed here, he goes, I swear it's an Osceola. And I'm like. All right, yeah, cool, you know, and we get in this place, and I'm like, holy shit, it is a swamp. I mean, wow, they got these roads that are, like, along, okay, there's probably, like, 15 of these roads that are, like, a mile and a half long from the main road in there, and you just walk down these strands, and he's like, I mean, this kid's a local. Uh, he lived there his whole life, and he's like, I just walk every 50, 100 yards, and I strike up a call, and, you know, if I hear one, then I jump down in there, and I go after it. I'm like, wow okay cool we get there the first day pull up in there we're walking down we walked i don't know half a mile down or something like that we're looking on x i'm like oh shit we still got a mile of this road that we can walk wow so we walk a little bit further and it's starting to get daylight and we just started walking and hitting it we only heard a couple birds gobble and they were way too far away and it got daylight enough i look off the side of this tram road and i'm like holy fuck that's a swamp what <laughs> i'm not a piece of dry land i mean this road was like a little levee and that was it oh. we walked out to the very end of this sucker walk out uh, i mean 10 20 yards into the woods it was still dry there there's the coast we're at the gulf i mean the, the ocean's right there and i'm like no shit what is this i'm like this is insane i mean you're going to see a little duck hole in Illinois. That's all you're going to see, you know, a little pond. <laughs> yeah. The Gulf of Mexico right there. And so that was, it was a super, super cool experience. Um, loved it. Definitely want to go back. Definitely paying somebody or paying a <laughs> landowner for yeah. private ground. But it was super cool experience compared to, you know, hunting the big hardwoods of Illinois. And, and Arkansas was a different cat too, man. Uh, yeah. How was that? We was up in the north end of it, um, still kind of like in the Ozark. I mean, it, these, these are mountains. I mean, yeah. I am from flatland cornfields, trick <laughs> bumpy, nasty shit in southern Illinois. And I get there to this place, and I, I made it to like Rolla, Missouri, and got off the interstate there. And it was like paved logging roads for the next two and a half hours to this place. Wow. And I'm driving down, and it's just down one hill, up another one, down another one, zigzag around this. And I'm like, holy shit. Hopefully it's flat when we get to where we're going because I'm going to die if not. <laughs> and I'm not physically prepared to be running up and down mountains all day. That's and tough. 
I wait, I get there. My buddies get there that evening and, uh, we go out to the spot in the morning, a couple birds fire up. We chase after one. He shuts up. Don't hear him anymore. Uh, sit there for a little bit. Another one fires up the exact opposite way. We walked exactly back the way out, then past the pickup. And this dude is like straight booking it through this place. I mean, born and raised there. These mountains ain't shit. I'm back there like the fat dude off of uh, Longest Yard. You know, when he falls down, he's asking for a can of corn. I'm like, Need somebody get a can of corn. Get a can of corn. I'm about to die. There wasn't a flat freaking piece of ground. Within shout out, shout out Joey miles. Diaz. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And we jump across the road, and we're going up this mountain. And I bet we – it probably was a couple hundred yards, but I'm going to tell you it was a mile. And – I stopped him and I'm like, let's just stop and listen, see if we can hear him again. Don't hear nothing. He's like, I think he's up here in this pasture. I'm like, all right, how much further we got to go? <laughs> uh, it's just right up the road here. And I'm like, all right, well, let's go. We get, I catch, catch my breath again. We get halfway up again. And I'm like, dude, where the fuck is this pasture? I cannot make this much longer. <laughs> so we did, I think my watch said like, 20 or 25,000 steps. And I don't remember how many like flights of stairs. This is all before 11 o'clock in the morning when we finally got out of there. And wow. I didn't have any like hiking boots. I had this old rubber boots that I'd wear here. My oh, feet you were dying. Hurt. You were dying. <laughs> My ass cheeks are chafed. <laughs> My legs are sore. I mean, I still can't hardly sit down and shit on a pot. And that was a week ago. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, uh, you know, I was I, I bought a tag, but I really wanted to see my buddy shoot another one, and I took the camera and stuff down there with me. And that's cool. I just had told him uh, I was like, man, I don't know if I'll be back. You know, I'd never seen that part of Arkansas. I've always you know stopped through there and, and duck hunted, you know, Stuttgart and rice fields, uh, you know, flat. Yeah, land. you know, yeah, just the muddy, nasty, swampy shit of Arkansas that you see. And you know, this place up there, dude, it was gorgeous. Big hills and hollers, clear water, trout everywhere. Wow. It was just a super, super cool area, and, and I enjoyed the weekend down there. Um, he keeps asking me if I'm going to come back for uh, opening weekend next year, and I'm like, woo! I said, like, you better have one tied to a tree before I come back here and hike up this shit again. <laughs> oh, so. man, dude, that's crazy. And that that's something that we've talked about on the, on the podcast before with the guys is just the – the parts of the country, the the terrain, the the features that you see chasing a wild turkey across the United States, dude, it will put you in some freaking cool places that you literally would never have set foot unless you were chasing a turkey, dude. And that's what's that's what's so cool about it, is you meet so many different kinds of people that hunt different ways and you know, like like yourself, you know, grew up in Illinois, you know, you're running up a freaking, you know, crazy steep, you know, Ozark Mountain in Arkansas. And you could be, you know, in the Arizona desert. You could be in Utah. You could be in the forests of Oregon. You could be in the swamps of Florida. It's just so many places you could go, dude. And that's why I, I think that's part of the, the the motivation that drives guys like you and me to get in the truck and put the miles on and, you know, days away Absolutely. and weeks away from family, dude. That That is just the experience overall is, dude, you can't, you can't take that shit away from nobody. That's what it's about, dude. Nope. I mean, that's, uh, you know, I'm always – if I'm free around home and somebody calls and they want to roll out somewhere, whether it's jumping on an airplane and going there or jumping in the pickup and going, I'm always down. That's uh, I, somebody, a buddy of mine asked the other day about going uh, to the, towards the East coast, you know, like 
Maine, Massachusetts, New York, all that stuff is just now opening up. And, oh, wow. Really? Okay. Uh, we've got some guys that were clients of ours through that have been coming here deer hunting that we've become really good friends with her. And they're like, dude, just come up. You know, you can, you can turn turkey hunt all this stuff. And I'm like, man, I can't really make that swing this year, but I'm like, I just bought a brand new pickup. I've already put 10,000 miles on it in the month and a half that I've had it. Wait, so is this a new one since the one I saw? Like, yeah, like two deer seasons ago? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that Damn. one was already wrecked out. It was having some issues. and Oh, shit. And okay. they had another, uh, we just, I just bought another brand new Power Stroke. And, uh, Hell yeah. Yeah. We, we jumped in her and we've been, we've been burning the miles on her already. But. Dude, dude, that's awesome, man. Well, we're at the one hour mark, Chris. I know you got a buddy there from, uh, from the upper state and trying to get him on a bird. Uh, sounds like he's Tell everybody. Uh, Chicago. From Chicago, from yeah. Chi Town or Chirac. I don't know which yeah, one he calls it. Chirac. Chirac. Put, put, put that vest on and go to the the jewelry, the jewelry store. <laughs> I think he wears orange all the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 tell, well, tell him not to wear it tomorrow. He won't see shit. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> oh my God, dude, that's awesome. Well, hey, dude, Chris, seriously, thank you again for taking your time from your family and your buddy up there and uh, and hopping on the podcast. Obviously. You know, we're, we're, we're good friends outside of this, but it's awesome to have you on the show finally and to let people know about Top Flight Outfitters if you haven't already heard about them. But go check them out again like we plugged in the beginning of the show. But what a, what a great guy. Hopefully you guys got a glimpse of uh, who Chris Jones is and what kind of operation he runs with some uh, fantastic properties, some uh, guy that's dedicated to putting his clients and friends on animals and giving you a great experience at the same time. And uh, I can tell you from personal experiences, he's a great guy to hang around and and uh, we'll put you on the freaking eggs, buddy. So, Chris, go, go ahead and plug your pages again and your website. And let guys know, uh, you know, where to maybe find you if they want to look up some stuff with you. Yep, it's just uh, Top Flight Outfitters on Facebook and then Top Flight underscore Outfitters on Instagram. And then uh, just our website's just topflightoutfitters.com. Um, hopefully, for too long, we'll have YouTube up and going. But yeah. We'll uh we'll see. We're we're too busy. We want to kill stuff. We don't or half the time we don't have a camera rolling. <laughs> I got you, dude. Well, hey man, hey again, seriously, thanks so much for for hopping on the show. And guys, if you're uh, uh ready to see the next Mojo Buck Productions turkey video, it is gonna premiere tomorrow, which is Friday at six PM Eastern. So if you are subscribed or consider subscribing, go check it out. It's gonna be called uh Walked Down the Barrel, which is pretty much what that bird did on this ridge top that's here on a piece of private local to us here in North Georgia. And it's a freaking good hunt. It's about 19 minutes long. I got to edit it edited tonight and uh, before the podcast. So we're going to have that up on the page tomorrow. And as always, guys, check out the uh, Part-Time Hunter podcast IG page. That's where I got all these shout-outs from, DMs, the comments, the the nice comments, we'll say, from social media. You guys are so <laughs> awesome for tuning into the show. No fillers, no bullshit, no commercials. Just a pure hunting podcast, guys. And uh, as always, we will catch you on the next one.